Hey, Howlers. A couple quick warnings to get out of the way here before things get started. (laughs) (laughs) Afternoon, Howlers. Uh, The first is that this podcast contains adult content. We have a very important message in regards to the adult content. Don't be a pixie. The second warning is this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, spoilers! So many spoilers. We're going to talk about the entire Red Rising series, so... Uh, if you haven't read all of the books, stop listening to the podcast. Or, like, read the books, you loser. And then come back and listen to the podcast afterwards. Yeah. Also, Aaron wants to tell you about where you should follow us on social media. Follow us at the social medias. <laughs> at HowlerPod. H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. No spaces. Great spelling. Thank you. That's going to be like on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have all kinds of updates and We're photos. looking to be Insta-famous <laughs> if you could like our posts. <laughs> so, yeah. Nailed it. And now, HowlerPod. Ow! Ow! Blood begets blood, begets blood, begets blood. Rokes words into the wind. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to the Howler Pod. This is your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined by my co-host, Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. As I said, this is Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every week we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Yeah. Today, what are we talking about? Chapters 20 to 25. Chapters 20 through 25? What happened in chapters 20 through 25? I don't know. Let's load up the star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. I really hope we don't shit our suits. Yeah, I would. Def- I'm shitting my suit thinking about it. <laughs> All right, chapter 20. I'm going to take the first one. Uh, this one is called House Mars. Uh, it opens on Darrow cradling a dead julian he's feeling a lot of regret and he's pretty frustrated over the choice he had to make to murder somebody um, frustrated sounds like an <laughs> understatement <laughs> he's very he's frustrated like really torn up about it <laughs> he's pretty upset he leaves the room where the fight occurred and he makes his way down a long passage eventually running into roke and they start talking about having to kill people and uh, establish a bond once everybody, all the other golds who survived the passage gather up, Cassius sees that Julian is not there. He gets pretty angry and pretty sad. Well, it, he was his twin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was his brother. Yeah. So, I mean, can't blame him for that. And then the the golds, they, they spend their first night in Castle Mars. They do. On to chapter 21, Our Dominion. House Mars goes for a jog, a light run mm, in the low grav um, with Fitchner bounding along in his grav boots. On the way back, there's um, a spread of food that's been lowered down by a drop ship. And even though they know it's probably a trap, uh, Cassius and Darrow risk going after it. They are attacked by House Ceres. There's five of them. And um, Darrow and Cassius fight together and uh, enslave the five house series people well they they beat them they but before beat, yeah. they can enslave them yeah. the horses come yeah so titus knocks over a horse and all that 
That night, Fitchner tells them the objective of the game, which is to make 12 tribes into one by taking slaves. By conquering people. Um, yeah, chapter 22 is called The Tribes. In this chapter, House Mars is divided. One tribe of goal, of the goals in House Mars follows Titus. He's, uh, as we mentioned, uh, a brute. He's full of rage. Very angry fellow. He's um, a big, big douchebag. Big old douchebag. Uh, another follows. Uh, another set of golds follows Antonia, after she delivers delivers a slick, manipulative speech about giving everyone a chance to be Primus. Fake democracy. Yeah, she's a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then another group of golds follows Darrow and Cassius. These seem like very smart people. Darrow and Cassius, their bond tightens, uh, but Darrow continues to hide the truth about murdering Cassius's brother. Which is probably a good idea at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good call on Darrow's part. And then the last tribe is made up of one Severo. Oh! <laughs> Run along doing his Severo stuff. All right, chapter 23, Fracture. House of Mars, as Ben said, is divided into four tribes. So Roke talks Darrow into trying to make peace with Titus because his tribe is starving and they're eating raw meat and getting a little gross and crazy. Mm -hmm. So Darrow goes to find um, Vixus to try to kind of swing him to his size, but he's surprised when Titus is there. Mm -hmm. And then they threaten him because they know that he has matches. They can smell the... You smell like wood smoke, bro. You smell like wood smoke. What the fuck? Why you smell like wood smoke? That's what uh, Titus says. And then Darrow has this cool kick someone's ass moment where he um, almost kills Vixus. And Darrow runs and gets away. He does royally beat Vixus' asses, which is great. Chapter 24 is called Titus's War. Darrow, he returns to his tribe after beating up Vixus. Um, Cassius and the others, at the same time, are trying to lure Titus out of Castle Mars and have him follow them, um, kind of up into a trap that they have set. Uh, but Titus will not take the bait. Instead, he gets really pissed off and starts a war with House Ceres, basically upping the level of violence with each day. And it ultimately results in the death of a member of House Series by horse trampling. Well, we know she gets whisked away and doesn't come back. We don't know that she dies. I'm pretty sure she's dead. She's really fucked up, if not dead. I'm going to go ahead and say she's dead. I'm declaring her dead. Well, a yellow could have patched her. I think she got trampled by horses and died. But the medbots whisked her up. <laughs> her dead body. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to uh, tweet at Pierce. Uh, and that. then Darrow and Cassius, this whole thing with Titus really pisses them off, but they cannot figure out what to do about it. They can't. Bringing us to the last chapter this week, chapter 25, Tribal War. So the war is continuing with Titus. He's been raping and beating the slaves. Mm. Um, and he also is beating up the uh, female members of House Mars. And also the men. But I'll say that in a second. Yeah, he's doing some bad stuff. So 
Cassius thinks Titus killed Julian. He's starting to think because mm-hmm. he knows that Titus wouldn't have been paired with Priam. Darrow also does nothing to stop him from thinking Darrow's kind of like, oh, I wonder who he was paired with. <laughs> hint, hint. So now Cassius has an added personal vendetta mm-hmm. against Titus. And then Titus captures Quinn. And um, while Darrow and Roke are away, Cassius goes to save Quinn because he, uh, he receives an ear. He likes Quinn a lot. And yeah, Quinn's like his his main girlfriend because mm-hmm. I'm sure he has a lot at home. And so Cassius gets beat up and pissed on by all of Ugh. the members of Titus's crew. Tough look for Cassius. Okay, so now that we know that what happened in chapters 20 through 25, we need to talk about the theme that ties these all together. After much debate and, <laughs> and scholarly thought from Aaron and I, uh, we have decided that the, cha- the theme for these chapters is division versus unity. So, uh, yin, yin and yang. Yeah, a I almost said yin, yin and yang. And <laughs> like the yin yang twins. A little yin. Yin and yang. Um, and the reason it's both and is because we see like through the division of the tribes that the individual tribes are really unifying with each other, right. especially Darrow and his relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of see this kind of in three areas. We've got the unity that's developing between Cassius and Darrow and Darrow and Roke and also the other members of their tribe. Then we also see the division within House Mars itself, like as a whole, uh, we've got the four tribes, uh, and we also see this theme played out in the goal of the ultimate goal of the institute itself. Um, so, kind of, we'll we'll take that in steps. The first thing that we're going to discuss is this relationship, mainly the relationship between Cassius and Darrow, and how we see both unity there and division. Right. So. Throughout this whole first week at the Institute, Cassius and Darrow, as we know, form a tribe of their own, kind of by default, because... We're bros! Well, and Cassius clearly, like, takes to Darrow. They have some moments before this week as well where they are bonding, and Darrow also bonded with Julian before he killed him. So, (laughs) you know, he obviously gets along with Bolognas. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, but he's also holding this, he's holding the secret back that he killed Julian, obviously. And so he's even thinking to himself, as soon as he kills Julian in chapter 20, he said, I dread finding Cassius. I hope he is dead because I am afraid of him. Because of the karate. Right. So that's chapter 20. He already knows like, oh shit, I killed Julian. This is not good. He's going to cravat my ass. Right. That's then, a direct quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then in chapter 21, the next chapter, we see them running down a hill together. And best winking buzz, at each best other. Best bros. That was prime stuff. <laughs> so yeah, they when they first fight together, mm-hmm. they really have this chemistry that you start to see um darrow describes it as their dancing is two mm-hmm. um chapter 21 pierce writes i deck someone swing cassius deflects it we dance as two and then after the fight um cassius goes on to say 
You were gory terrifying. <laughs> you just took his weapon. Gory fast. Glad we weren't paired earlier. Prime stuff. Prime stuff. <laughs> He's like Cockney in that version. <laughs> <laughs> I like that accent. That was a good one. <laughs> Prime stuff. <laughs> That's his mid-lingo. His high-lingo is a little more upper British. Right. This is like their best memory together right here. They're, this is just them broing out. And later some on. Dudes some dudes up. Some dudes. I thought you said beating some boobs up. I was like, well, I guess you could call them boobs. Um, so, yeah, later, um, is it Morningstar? Mm-hmm. When they're kind of rekindling yep. their lost friendship. They're watching this memory right here. Yeah, they watch this when Darrow's kind of trying to apologize and rekindle that friendship. Had so. some whiskey. Yeah, and then um, their bond becomes even tighter in Chapter 22 when they're trying to figure out who's going to be the leader of House Mars. Everybody's in the room. All of the golds in House Mars are in the room together, hashing it out. Titus and Cassius are kind of going at it. Cassius challenges Titus a little bit. Titus is challenging him back. And then uh, Pierce writes that Titus holds gaze with him. He's referring to Cassius. Then glances over at me grouping me with Cassius. Suddenly Cassius and I form a tribe in everyone's eyes. So right there, I mean, this bond like, between... Oh, I guess we're a pair. Right. They're unified. Cassius and Daryl, for better or for worse, at this point, going forward in the Institute, like, Daryl's going to have to sow his oats with, with Cassius. And one thing they're kind of not addressing at this point is the fact that they clearly both want to be Primus. Mm-hmm. Um. Daryl, obviously, for his mission, mm-hmm. and Cassius, because of his family and his honor, right? He's he kind of thinks like, he deserves it. His dad was Primus of his year at the Institute. Right. Um, but there's also be, right. a quote where Darrow literally says, I have to be Primus. Right. So. And, and Darrow, obviously, has more on his shoulders in terms of changing the world. And... Spoiler alert, somebody wins. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Right. Um, Yeah, so. so Also in these chapters, um, besides Cassius, we see Darrow's bond with others. One especially is Roke. Yeah. We kind of talked a little about how Roke encourages Darrow right after the culling to keep swimming like Dory. And (laughs) (laughs) he, um, Darrow shows um, or sorry, Roke shows Darrow compassion, and Darrow immediately is reminded of his um, brother when he is talking to Roke because mm-hmm. he has that compassion and that care for others. Yeah, he's like, he's, this dude's not such a bad guy. Like uh, from chapter twenty, Darrow's talking about Roke, and he says, "Roke knows what he does because his mother is on the board. He loathes his mother, and only then do I realize I should like him. Not only that." Uh, I take refuge in his words. He disagrees with the rules, but he follows them. It is possible. I can do the same until I have power enough to change them. You can see Darrow creating this unity with Cassius. He's creating unity with Roke. But ultimately, with both of them, he still has this crack of division because he's got to keep himself separate. You know? Yeah. He can't be... like. Never going to be best dudes forever. And it also shows, again, Darrow's depth that he, unlike Titus, right? spoiler, 
he could just totally hate all golds, mm-hmm. but instead he sees the humanity in each of right. these separate people um, as he's getting to know them. He's trying to understand them as human beings. Right, not just and, as their color. Right. Now that we've kind of established the, that unity versus division theme with Darrow and his relationships, we can see them building and that unification coming together, but also the cracks of division even within that that unity. The next thing that we were kind of talking about or thought about with this theme of unity and division was just um, literally within House Mars itself. So House Mars is divided. We talked about how there's four different tribes and that division weakens the entire house and um, affects all of the golds in the house. Everyone is weaker because of this division. And in order to fix this, they are going to have to unify. And it's just like, how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Titus's group is falling apart. They're eating raw meat. They're shitting all over the place. They're <laughs> cutting people's ears off. They're getting super violent. Right. And, you know, like they're kind of just like getting dead behind the eyes, that type of thing. Well, they're losing their humanity right. for sure. Darrow and Cassius are never going to be able to achieve their goal of being Primus. Both of them want to be Primus of the Institute. They're never going to be able to do that if they can't first unify their house and then uh, second conquer everyone else. Like their only way they're going to be able to do that is by unifying their house first. And this division is, is going to be the first problem that they have to fix. We've got Antonia just being manipulative, as always. Well, she also kind of, at the beginning, obviously, is being manipulative, but then she disappears. Right. Like, we we don't hear from her after, like, the first or Yeah, she's kind of got her group, and then she's Yeah, just... she takes her group, and really the um, drama is with Titus. Also... This division that we have between Darrow and Titus, we also have a kind of war within Darrow's own heart, like we've talked about with Julian. In 24, we see that Cassius starts to kind of hint that Titus killed Julian, Mm -hmm. and this is where Darrow decides to lie to maintain unity with Cassius. And it's interesting, too, because Roke catches his eye and he's like this is weird yeah roke he's so observant that he can tell that darrow's acting a little differently um yeah that's a great point darrow doesn't do anything to stop cassius from thinking that (laughs) well he even says um they wouldn't pair titus with priam right and darrow says they would have paired him with someone else and then cassius is like that's right yeah and then the quote from 24 is Julian, he's thinking. He doesn't say it, neither do I. Better to let it fester in his mind. Let my friend think our enemy killed his brother. This is a way out. Right, so you can see this theme playing out right here where he says, let my friend. He's already like, let my friend think about... And earlier, Cassius called him his brother. Yeah, so this is just... So his brother's killer has become his brother yeah. in his own eyes. Right, and, and and Roke and Cassius see Darrow as their brother down the line. They say that in you know, Golden Sun, Morningstar. Right. That was the level of betrayal that they felt by Darrow in this situation. And he was lying to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... 
not only okay, so we have the you know unification division between Darrow and his the relationships that are forming. We have the unification division between the Golds and House Mars, and then uh, just another place where we saw this theme of unity and division is just the overall arching goal of the Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, that Fitchner right. tells him. Fitchner talks about this. He says, in this valley there are 12 houses and 12 castles. After orientation tomorrow, you will go to war with your fellow students to dominate the valley by any means at your disposal. Consider it a case study in gaining and ruling an empire. He goes on later to say in the chapter, the school's role is to find leaders of men, not the not the killers of men. So the point, you silly little children, is not to kill but to conquer. The whole goal of the Institute is to divide these golds and then they're supposed to unify under a conqueror. Unlike Hunger Games, where everyone <laughs> dies. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, we'll kind of see down the road that Darrow does not, he, you know, he becomes the primus of the Institute, but he doesn't unify by conquering. He actually brings people together under a, a a cause, like a cause that they can all believe in. He does have to conquer some people, obviously, like Jackal and stuff like that. But most of the people that come along with him, he's bringing along as, you know, by choice. It's not by conquering. So that's kind of a an interesting um, division there where... The ultimate goal of the Institute is to conquer, but Darrow does it in kind of a different way. He does it in his own way. Yeah, so now that we know that what happened, we've kind of talked about the theme that ties all these, these chapters together. That brings us to our next segment, the Prime Five. And this is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Yes. Do you want to take the first one? This is a really good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, this uh, week's five chapters. Six chapters, actually, technically. Oh, because 20. Yeah. I'm good at math. Yeah. There's a lot of heavy Darrow-Titus storyline. Right. It's just very Darrow-Titus. <laughs> it's, it's sprinkled. You know the sprinkle meme? <laughs> yes. That's, that's sprinkled. Salt bay. The salt. Salt bay is what that's called. Okay. It, it is salt bayed <laughs> with... <laughs> really great tidbits about several. Oh my god, the best. And this is like we don't really know him yet and we we always have liked him. Right. But um the only thing we've known from him thus far is like him on the shuttle being mm. sassy and stuff. Mm. And then he's always sassy. He always get yeah, you start getting more of that several wit. He's really a little a little prick all the time. I really enjoyed when he called Fitchner a dickwit. Dickwit. <laughs> These chapters. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Um, he also, to her face, calls Antonio a bitch. He says, she, like, shrugs at it. Goes, I don't want Antonio to be primus. She's a bitch. And, and she's, she's like, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> right. Um, so this is a great, uh, quote about Severo. So it says, only one tribe has a silver shits idea of what's going on. And it's not ours. It's not Antonio's. And, sorry, Antonia's. And it sure as hell isn't Titus's. It's Severo's. And I'm nearly certain he's the only member in that tribe. Unless he's adopted wolves by now. <laughs> Occasionally we'll see him running along the hillsides at night in his wolf skin, looking, as Cassius puts it best, like some sort of hairy demon child on hallucinogens. <laughs> and once Roke even heard something, not a wolf, 
howling in the shroud, shrouded highlands. It's just, yeah, like we said, a lot of really good Severo stuff in these chapters. <laughs> he kills a wolf with his bare hands. Yeah, he he. they wake up and he's like dragging a wolf in and it's skinned and gutted. And Darrow says, like, what weapons did you use or something? Mm-hmm. And he said, I was born with them. And then like his hands and teeth are all like bloody and have hair in them. He's fucking crazy. It's hilarious. <laughs> He's great. And at this point in the book, you still don't like even know how major of a character Sever is going to be. He seems like this oddity that you're just like. Like this anecdote. Yeah. Like, you're like, what is up with like this Severo guy? Weird, he is crazy. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're reading these chapters, you think that Darrow and Cassius are like going to be best buds forever. Right. You think it's all about those two. But, and Severo's like an anecdote, mm-hmm. like he doesn't really matter in the long run, mm-hmm. but obviously we know that that's not true. So it's fun to go back and see him in this role right. of this like guy creeping around, skinning wolves with his teeth. Yeah, he's going to be like this little trickster and you're really kind of just like, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but he obviously becomes one of the most important characters in the series, which is really cool. He um, becomes Ares. Yeah. Moving on to um, the number two of our Prime Five. This is uh, one observation we had from one of the chapters, and that is that Fitchner actually gives both Severo and Darrow their nicknames That's right. in these chapters. Um, at one point, he calls Severo Goblin, shortly after getting called Dickwit it, by well, Severo. Yeah, Fitchner gets called Dickwit. Yeah. And as we know... They know each other. Right. It seems like he's about to be like, he's about to say something he knows about him. And then he's like, uh, he sounds like a goblin though, or something like that. You right. Know, like he kind of like, they have kind of a father son exchange when you go back and read it. Uh huh. Yeah. And the second time around or fourth time, whatever you're on, you really are like, oh, he's like complaining to his dad. Like, you're like, geez, dad, you could have <laughs> killed it closer to the castle. Come on, dad. don't embarrass me in front of my friends (laughs) they really do have like reading that now with that context it is like totally a father and son like geez dad come on just like like, the way they're kind of mean to each other he's like shut up because they love each other (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah he calls him a goblin at that point and then that sticks and Uh, and everybody everybody calls him goblin Quinn holds out Right. Until the very end, she calls him Severo the Longest. Aww. That's sad. And then later on in that chapter, Fitchner gives Darrow his nickname of Reaper after the fight with the House Series and grabs a sling blade. Grabs a sling blade. He tells him to put it down, and Darrow's like, nah, bro, I'm into this sling blade. It's like twirling it around. <laughs> and yeah, so Hell Reaper. That's where that comes from. Hail the Reaper. Uh, you want to take the next so, one? Yes. Um, we already talked about this, really, but it is in our Prime 5. We really enjoy Cassius and Darrow's first big bonding moment, which is their race to the cornucopia, right? as I call it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Hunger Games. <laughs> I'm not like a huge Hunger Games fan, but... Definitely reading that part reminded me of when they're running to the corner. I didn't even think about that until you said it. Yeah. You know, that's like when everyone dies at the beginning. Right. I had not even thought about that until you mentioned Cornucopia. Well, somebody hasn't read the books more than once. I like to read all books more than once. Really? I've only read 
Hunger Games, the original book, once, and then I didn't read the other ones. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did them all in like a weekend. It's cool. Whatever. I have a life. I thought um, they were annoying. Yeah. That's not 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 here nor there. Moving on. I th- I think I liked them until now that I've read Red Rising. I don't know if I don't know if I can still. Oh my like god, Red Rising just puts them in the dirt. I gotta go back and nah, I probably won't go back. I'm gonna keep moving forward. All that teen bull like lovey dovey bullshit. Hey, I like that. I'm an uh, adult woman and I like the weird man, teen I romance. Could, could not do the should I be with PETA or should I be with Gail? I don't know what to do. Well, anyways. <laughs> we can fight about that later. So the race to the cornucopia mm-hmm. and then um also, when they recall this in Morningstar. Yeah, that's the main reason we want to shout this one out. Is right. Like, this is the main bonding memory. This is memory. like your high school best best of. Yes. Like Exactly. I was yeah. saying that earlier. It was like um, I used to play high school basketball, and I felt like this moment reminds me of when I talked to my old high school basketball buddies, and we are talking about some game that we had some 10 years dribbling. ago. And we're like... <laughs> Oh, remember that? It's like we're the only people that know about it. We're the only people that that remember remember it and enjoy it. Right. Uh, but we're we have this crazy bonding over it, and so I feel like this is Darrow and Cassius's like high school bonding bros moment. Championship win. Yeah. I don't know. And then in Morningstar, yeah, that's kind of what brings them back together is looking right. back at this tape and. It's a good little moment until everything it. goes to shit. Right. Uh, okay, moving on to our next uh, Prime 5 topic. This was a conversation that I just really enjoyed, and I thought it was just really funny. It is Fitchner talking to the Proctor from House Series right after the Cornucopia fight. And they're, like, floating above and, everyone's and They're just heads. so ridiculous, and they're like flirting but also like insulting each other and talking about how they're gonna fuck the other person's uh like house up you know like i'm gonna screw you over like sleeping together yeah they're they're like flirty threatening yeah and it's really weird and absurd and daryl's just like staring up them thinking to himself like these people are Are fucking crazy crazy. well fitcher's like i put a hum uh uh not a hummingbird. What are they called? Woodpecker. Woodpecker. I put a woodpecker house Diana in their cake or something. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "You Jenna, you beast, <laughs> you beast." <laughs> <laughs> like they're super. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just and they're so haughty and just so ridiculous. Using weird high lingo. And I think it's just like I don't know. It's a microcosm of gold life and gold society. And I think it's just yeah, like really the rich are the rich. They're just really ridiculous people. And her saying, you beast. <laughs> and him saying, huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Fitchner you know, and then you, like, hear him talking like that. Flirting like, with somebody. Like, I just, like, it's very hard to imagine. I'm like, what He's is like going on He's, like, ready to here? tear her fucking face off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then just the the mental image I have of Daryl looking up at them, just, like, extremely puzzled look on his face. Like, open like, mouth, like, what? What is going on with these people? Uh, I thought that was a really cool moment. So, moving good. on to our last Prime 5. Last but not least, we're, uh, we're talking about how, spoiler warning, how Titus and his kind of downward spiral. He's a rage um, monster. Yes. 
different kind of rage monster than Jero, mm-hmm. who's also a rage monster. So we were um, making uh, the comparison that Darrow could have become Titus very easily uh, if he had lost his humanity, kind right. of the same way. Um, Titus obviously is just taking out um, revenge on all golds without any direction without mm-hmm. any big picture mm-hmm. and he himself has like become a monster right. he's become almost worse than anything maybe that had happened in his life so right this observation is kind of all about foresight like we know that titus is a red arless and thinking about him in the context of being a red within these chapters it's just really easy to see how this could easily be Darrow. Like, he could have been sucked down this rage and revenge hole just quite easily, and he doesn't do it. And that's what makes Darrow so so great. But just uh, comparing the two of them in these chapters is kind of interesting. So that is the Prime 5, which means now... We need to name our Primus of the Week. Which I am not happy about. (laughs) So, uh, Primus of the Week, we choose one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. This is a controversial choice this week. Yeah, I'm... Everyone was unhappy about it. Because I want our Primus to always be the good guy. (laughs) But... What we're talking about here is like literally in these five, six chapters that we're doing every week, who won the week? Who had the best week? So at first we thought it could be Cassius, but then he got pissed on. Then he got peed on, so it can't be Cassius. Yeah. Severo has a lot of great moments, but he doesn't actually really do anything. He just hangs out with wolves. And has some like pop-in jokes. Right. Where we're like, you're awesome. And then he runs out before anything. Exactly. He's not really there. So... This is a controversial choice, but our Primus of the Week is Titus. We don't feel good about it. Neither of us feel good about it. Titus sucks. We hate him. He'll get what's coming. But ultimately, he had a very good set of chapters. He's in charge. Even though he's a monster. Right. And even though towards the end, he's kind of spiraling Mm -hmm. down and people are... not listening to him as much at the mm-hmm. end. He still got the most power. He did like do the most raids, and mm-hmm. even though it was all bad He's stuff, take, he took the first slaves. Right. So, so at this point, he beat up Cassius and peed on him. So according <laughs> to like gold winning, he's right. kind of winning, but I don't know. I was, not for long. I still don't like it. <laughs> I just yeah I don't I don't think that there's a better choice at this point. Like Darrow has a pretty, he doesn't really do much. He's very he, it's undecided. A lot of, um, introverted thinking. Right. For us readers about Darrow's feelings. Right. He's trying to sort out his feelings. He doesn't know how to handle Titus at this point. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's still trying to figure out what he should do with Cassius. And right. And they're they're doing well, but right. Just um. Ultimately, they kind of lose these chapters to Titus because Titus... Pees on Gaseous. He Ultimately, he beat on Gaseous, so... We don't, right. we don't like it. We're not happy about it. And we're very reluctantly giving our Primus title... Do you know whose fault this is? To Titus. What? Who? Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. It's his fault. Let's take it up with him. Okay. <laughs> we're, I have a feeling we know who's going to win next week. Yeah. 
so we'll all be much happier. She. <laughs> I mean, sorry. They. <laughs> Okay, so now we know what happened in these chapters. We know the theme that ties them together. We talked about some amazing insights and observations from the chapter. And we fucking named a primus Titus, and we're super upset about it. Let's just erase this whole week. Let's move past it very quickly (laughs) and talk about what we're into this week. What are we into this week? (laughs) You take the first. You take take it first. Oh, wait. I got to grab some. (laughs) Ask me what I'm into. Aaron, what are you into this week? That's what I'm into this week. <laughs> what was that, Aaron? <laughs> so there's this card game called Exploding Kittens, and it's really fun, and you should play it. I can concur. It is a very good yeah, game. Ben and I played it a couple weeks back. Um there's different packs. I ended up getting um, the party pack because I have so many friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got that one because it was like the newer one. Um, but it's a really fun game if you like playing card games with friends. Yeah, it's like a card game, kind of like a Russian roulette type thing. With, with cats. And there's like these really gross, weird drawings on them all. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny cats. You should check it out. Definitely just give it a Google. And if you're into weird videos playing games and stuff oh i thought you were <laughs> uh, you can also be into weird videos if you want <laughs> that's what i'm into <laughs> i highly recommend it it's a good call the, and it's easier to learn than like D. Oh, or, yeah, it was um, what was that other one carcassion or something yeah, carcassonne that... i couldn't pay attention yeah, so exploding no kittens is good because you don't have to learn too many rules right um uh, that's a good call i like that if you're into board games, check out Exploding Kittens. It's not a board game. It's a card game. All right. Great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Ben. If you're into playing games. Okay. What are you into this week? I'm going to give you guys a music res- recommendation. This is from an artist named Carl Brammel. He's uh, the lead guitarist for My Morning Jacket. He has a solo album out called Wished Out. And it's awesome. And you should just check it out. It's very uh chill but it's got some good like electric guitar going on he's a very good songwriter with some some good lyrics um, i'll like my best comparison is probably like some some george harrison uh solo stuff from the 70s if you know what that is that's probably like your best musical comparison to what's going on in the album it's really good you should check it out i feel like this also could be like the soundtrack in darrow's sorry in severo's mind as he's like off wandering the wilderness alone on hallucinogenic drugs like like carl bremel could be the sound that's playing in his head <laughs> that's probably true uh yeah so it's a it's just a really good album and carl's really dope and he's got long hair yeah i mean he's like a he's a musical guy he's got right. the look you should uh check him out so um now that you uh know what we're into this week Let's oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about next week on our next episode. It's whenever we say next week, just think next episode. I don't know. You said that last we'll week. We'll figure it out. <laughs> One of these days we'll stop saying next week and we'll start saying so next, next episode. Time, next the time. Next time that we get together and record, we are going to talk about chapters 
26 through 31. Guess who's in these chapters? It's Mustang. Yeah. Love Mustang. So, um, yeah, chapter 26 is called Mustang, I believe. It is. Chapter and I 31. actually listened ahead on accident because I got <laughs> excited. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to stop. So we're super pumped up to talk about Mustang and Pox. Ah, oh, Telemannus. <laughs> uh, next week. So go ahead and read chapters 26 through 31. Join us next week and follow us on Instagram and Twitters. At HowlerPod. <laughs> Twitters. Both at, Twitters. At HowlerPod. I don't even like get on Twitters. That's fine. Twitters is like, what's that old one? My sp- MySpace. <laughs> Twitter's is like MySpace before it became Twitter. No, see, there's like a there's a subset of people that use Twitter and really like it and use it a lot, and then everyone else doesn't pay attention. Yeah, to I'm it. more of a gram, grammar. Yeah. You can find M- us on the gram MC too. Grammar. Same same uh, username. At All right. Hallerpod. That's it. Thanks, right. Howlers. Thanks, Howlers. Per Aspera ad Astra. Omnis, beer lupus. <laughs>